This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Lay your head down on my shoulder, don't hold it in your hands. Tell me all your troubles and I'll try to understand. I know your heart's still tender and I know that it still hurts. But things can only get better when it seems they can't get any worse. Hello and welcome to the Fighting Stigma Show here on Free FM 89.0, independent community media, and also on Arrow FM, Otago Access Radio and Radio Kidnappers. So I'm your host Dave Vanessa and I'm here today to talk all about emotional regulation or self-regulation, um, emotion regulation, known as a few different things. It's just one of the things one of my um, people I work with had talked about when we did a training together and I thought it was a really interesting conversation and depending on where you're at in life you may have come across it before but I think it's something that could be really really good for pretty much anyone whether you're experiencing mental health issue or not but obviously when we experience mental health quite often our emotions get the better of us at times and actually that's the stuff which is actually we're finding the difficulty with. I know for myself my emotions get very heightened when I'm experiencing either mania or depression or anxiety because uh, I have bipolar and anxiety. And so knowing some skills, tips and skills to like help regulate our emotions, help us deal with them, can make such an enormous, enormous difference. But before I get into all that juiciness and give you a few tips tips and hints, uh, I want to have a quick word about our sponsor, Progress to Health. Progress to Health believes in creating communities without barriers, and to achieve that we tailor supports to adults experiencing mental health and or disabilities, based on their goals to encourage recovery, independence and community involvement. Progress to Health has teams that provide peer support, recovery education, workshops, employment preparation and support, including navigation with other services. Service users are allocated a community support facilitator on referral depending on their goals to mental recovery and achievement. We have offered in Hamilton, Tokoro and New Plymouth. So if that sounds like something you or someone you know might be interested in and you are in the Waikato DHB region, Tauranaki or Taupo, um, then have a listen to this ad I'm about to play um, for Progress to Health and get in touch with us. At Progress to Health, we provide a range of support for those who have experienced mental illness. People who have dealt with mental illness and associated disabilities are supported holistically to maximise their potential. We want to empower your journey to recovery. Check out our website, www.progresstohealth.org.nz or call us free on 0800 77 57 57. Now don't stress if you missed any of those contact details for Progress to Health. I do play that ad again at the end of the show. So grab a pen and paper while you're listening to me talk about emotional regulation and you'll be able to grab those contact details and get hold of us and say, hey, I think that sounds like something to be really helpful for myself or for someone else you know. Okay, so emotional regulation. So I managed to find this really great article on the Positive Psychology website, which is just positivepsychology, or one word, dot com. And it's just 
called emotional regulation. And so I think that's just exactly if I get to the top. What is emotional regulation plus six emotional skills and strategies? So it's under the positive emotions tab on positive psychology. So I'm just going to start with a definition. So emotional regulation refers to the process by which individuals influence which emotions they have, when they have them, and how they experience and express their feelings. Emotional regulation can be automatic or controlled, conscious or unconscious, and may have effects at one or more points in the emotion produce, producing process, which is from R. Gross. So it's from an um, article they wrote in 1998. So... The definition of emotional regulation encompasses both positive and negative feelings. So whether it's happy, sad, angry, frustrated, ecstatic, it's any emotion. And along with that, it's with how we can actually strengthen our emotions, it's use them and control them. So emotional regulation involves three main components. Initiating actions triggered by emotions, inhibiting actions triggered by emotions, and modulating responses triggered by emotions. So ideally, the third component is the best way to make the most of the, re- like, of the regulating process. So modulating your response. It's not about eliminating or removing or getting rid of. It's about modulating it. So adjusting how we respond. So every day we face hundreds of emotional provoking stimuli, and the most of them require an action or response from our end. It is only natural for the mind to get hooked on some negative contemplation or unmindfully ignore emotions after getting bombarded with so much stimuli every day. Sometimes there's so much stuff going on, we kind of shut down a little bit because it's too hard to be really present. Emotional regulation acts as a modifier. It helps us filter the most important pieces of information and motivates us to to attend to it in a way that won't invoke stress or fear. Studies on emotional regulation indicate that there is a significant positive correlation between emotional regulation and depression management. Don't know about you, that sounds fantastic. People with lower levels of anxiety show higher emotional control and social, social emotional intelligence. Research indicates that emotions are adaptive responses that have deep-rooted basis in evolutionary biology. The way we feel and interpret them affects how we think, how we decide, and how we coordinate our actions in our day-to-day lives. For example, a person who has poor emotion regulation strategies is more likely to fall prey to mood polarities, so moving between moods. Their actions and behavioural patterns will always be at the mercy of their emotions. And we recognise that, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I really recognise that for myself. Like, when... I'm feeling overly emotional or I'm not dealing with my emotions, everything's so much harder and I'm just, I'm kind of almost a slave to my emotions. I just, they are the things that are in control. So actually having some form of regulation, some form of control over my emotions or how much I let them take over would make a huge difference, right? Quite the contrary, a well-regulated person will have better balance and judgment of their feelings and actions. Emotional regulations allows us to carefully judge which effective outcomes to embrace and which to avoid. When we confront a provoking stimulus, the natural reaction of the brain is to activate the amygdala, the brain site that regulates the fight or flight response. So anytime we go into panic or overwhelm, it's the amygdala that's taking over. Emotional regulation processes allow us to buy time before we act and the fight or flight triggers. So Chris Lee, a professor and the author of the book, 
mm, mentor intelligence, apologies if I'm not saying that quite right, a new psychology of thinking, learning what it takes to be more agile, mindful and connected in today's world, says that with emotional regulation, we can allow the initial upsurge of emotions to settle down and zoom out of the situation before reacting to it. Now, how many of us actually react? As soon as like the thing starts happening, we get this real emotional response, we react immediately, right? There's quite often there's not like a thought of, okay, I need to take a breath, I need to take a pause, and then I should react. <laughs> like we do, we feel the emotion, the thing happens, we have the thought, we get the emotions and we react straight away, right? So having that, that bigger gap makes a big difference. So the increased time gap between stimulus and response restores the mental facility faculties that involve rational thinking and reasoning. And as a result, we can save ourselves from sudden emotional breakdowns or burnout. So it goes on to talk about six useful emotional regulations for adults. So self-regulation is all about passing between, pausing, sorry, not passing, pausing between feeling and reactions. It encourages us to slow down for a bit and act after objectively evaluating a situation. For example, if a student yells at others and hits their friends for petty, petty reasons, surely has less emotional control than a child who, before hitting and yelling, tells the teacher about their problems. Another huge aspect of emotional regulation is value engagement. Now this was the thing that my fr workmate talked about that I hadn't really thought about, and it's so true and kind of was very eye-opening for me. When we react impulsively without paying much attention to what is going on inside, so we're in the reaction stage, we have an emotion, we just react, right? We might often deviate from our core values and act in a way that is opposite to them. With proper regulation and self-control, we gain power to stay calm under pressure and prevent ourselves from acting against our core values and ethics. Have you ever had a time where you've just felt something so strongly and you've reacted and it's been this really emotional response and later on you're like, oh man, I feel really bad, you feel guilty, you may feel shameful, uh, any of those, right, embarrassed, because actually you're like, that's not how I want to react, that's not how I want to be in the world, this is what it's talking about, we've acted outside of our values and so it's actually a really big sign of being dysregulated with our emotions. But we've got now six different skills. So here are some skills that can help with cultivating emotional regulation and sustaining it during challenging times in life. Because let's be honest, we know this is not about a cure-all, right? This is not just waving a magic wand and making it that you never feel emotionally overwhelmed or get have an emotional reaction. We're thinking and feeling human beings, right? You've got to have emotions. It's like if you had no emotions, that would not be good. But it's about having them not be in charge. So it's about how, what things can actually help us regulate it. Okay, so first one. Number one, self-awareness. Noticing what we feel and naming it is a great step towards emotional regulation. For example, when you feel bad, ask yourself, am I feeling sad, helpless, ashamed, or anxious? Or maybe there's different emotions that you know that quite often come with, if you just feel like I'm, I feel horrible, I feel bad, everything's wrong, what, what exactly are you feeling? Like, have a think into it. Like give it a name. Give yourself some options and explore your feelings. Try to name the specific emotions that you ha that you can feel intensely within yourself at that very moment. And if you want to write it down, you need not act or judge judge the cause and effect of your emotions at this stage. All you need to do is complete awareness of each feeling that is controlling your mind right now. And it's not about like, well, the last time I felt like this, I was feeling blah. It's like, what is happening right now? 
So, and there's no judgment about it. So I know it can be quite easy to fall into real judgment about I'm feeling angry about this. I hope only bad people feel angry. No, just, we're just talking about how do you feel right now? That's all the step is. And the next one is mindful awareness. So in addition to gaining thought awareness, mindfulness lets us explore and identify all aspects of the external world, including our body. So simple mindfulness exercises such as breath control or sensory relaxation can calm the storm inside and guide our actions in the right way. So just have a feel about, so you have a thought, like, you know, you're thinking about, so you've noticed you're getting into emotional overwhelm, right? You're dysregulated and you think, okay, I'm going to think about what am I actually feeling? What is the emotions? So I'm feeling angry and I'm feeling stressed and I'm feeling fearful, right? Okay, not a problem. So we've got that. So then doing some mindfulness. It's like, okay, so my, my arms are feeling really tense and I feel like I'm sweating slightly and my, my breath is really shallow and I feel like I'm not getting enough oxygen because I'm mindfully paying attention to my body and then doing a mindful exercise, so doing a breathing exercise or doing um, some a calming exercise, whatever type helps you mindfully come back into the moment. It's really, really good right now because this is all about that thing where they're saying, Pausing and making a space between the stimulus, the thing that had created the emotion to come up, and how we re- when we react and what we response is. So three is cognitive reappraisal. Now this is not a term I'd heard of before. Cognitive reappraisal includes altering the way we think. It is an essential component to the psychotherapies like CBT and DBT and anger management and calls for greater acceptance and flexibility. Now CBT and DBT, so CBT is cognitive behavioural therapy and DBT is dialectic behavioural therapy. So cognitive repraisal therapy skills may include practices such as thought replacement or situational role reversals where we try to look at a stressful situation from a whole new perspective. So for example, we if we realise we're having thoughts like my boss hates me or I know I'm no longer needed here, we kind of try and think of alternatives such as my boss is upset in this moment. I'm sure I can make it up for this. It will be okay. Or I know I'm hardworking and honest. Let me give it another try. Or if I just give it a, give it some time, my boss will calm down and we can talk about this. Right. So by doing so, we gain a broader and better perception of our problems and react to them more positivity. Four, adaptability. Emotional dysregulation lowers our ability, our adaptability to life changes. Now, ain't that true? Like, who else feels that when there's so much stuff going on or there's a lot of change and our emotions just get so enormous and it does not help with our feeling, our ability to cope, right? So having an ability, having an adaptability to life changes is definitely a huge part of that is having being able to deal with your emotions, like having some regulation of your emotions. It's not saying you don't have emotions or that you always shut them down. It's just about they don't take over. Okay. We become more prone to distractions and fail our coping mechanisms, which is why we often start resisting changes. A great exercise to build adaptability is objective evaluation. For example, when you feel bogged down by stressful emotions that you want to avoid – you might end up destructively reacting to them. Take a moment to think, what if your best friend was experiencing the same thing? What would you have suggested they do under these circumstances? Write your answers if you want to, and try to think of what you'd do in the same step, 
what you do if doing the same steps yourself. Sometimes like things suggest like to write it down and it's like that's great if you're a person like me and writing it down makes a really big difference. If you're not someone to write it down, don't write it down. Like you're allowed just think about it. Just have an idea of it. Okay. Five. I love this one. Self compassion. Setting aside some time for ourselves every day is a great way to build emotional regulation skills. Reminding ourselves of our talents and virtues and letting our mind land on a flexible space can immensely change the way we feel and react to our emotions. Some simple self-compassion hacks involve daily positive self-affirmations, relaxation and breath control, compassion meditation, regular self-care and gratitude journaling. So we go, there's a little bit later on to go into a bit more of those in detail. So six, emotional support. Psychologists believe that we all have an innate capacity to build a robust emotional repertoire and save our mental energy from getting invested in negativity. That sounds nice. I, I could get behind that. We can seek emotional we, we can seek emotional support within ourselves by practicing mindful self-awareness or can and or can seek help outside by engaging in positive communication with others. So this is saying that you can get emotional support either from yourself or for some someone else. It's not there's no right or wrong with that. Like if you're someone who likes just spending some time with yourself and doing mindful self-awareness, that's perfect. If you're someone who likes receiving positive emotional support from outside, like from someone else, that's also great. It's all about doing what the thing that works best for you. So it's okay to see a therapist or professional when our inner coping fails. Because I don't know about you, have you ever had that time when just like, hey, I thought I had a handle on all of this, but the coping strategies I know just aren't cutting it right now. I'm not doing, this is not working. And so we actually need to have something, we need some more. And quite often that's where talking to someone else can make a really big difference. So it's okay to see a therapist or a professional when our inner coping fails. The sole focus is to create a positive emotional shield that can that can channelize our emotions to bring out what's best in us. So the article goes on to talk about science-based emotion regulation strategies. So literary resources on emotional regulation have provided a myriad of solutions for emotional dysregulation. So there's a lot of books, a lot of articles, a lot of things written about helping emotional dysregulation. While all the self-regulation strategies are undoubtedly helpful and practical, the problem arises when we have to choose the best plan for us. Don't we all know that? Like, which is the best bit of what everyone talks about? So it's the one will work for me, right? Finding that can be really hard. Most scientific research on emotional regulation focuses on either a particular age group that could benefit from this strategy or a specific situation that it works best with. Little is said about the scientific methods that we could use for taming our feelings at all times. But recent studies, however, have shed some light in this regard. Researchers nowadays agree that emotional regulation should not be constrained to a time frame or a group of individuals under a specific circumstance and have proposed a few scientific strategies that can guide us all at all times. So one, reappraisal. Reappraisal or cognitive reappraisal ensures long-term well-being and offers a permanent solution for emotional distress. Through re-evaluation, we do not aim to suppress or eliminate the negative emotions that cause pain forcefully. Instead, we look at a better way of dealing with it. In addition to finding appropriate and positive substitutes for the problems, cognitive reappraisal also shifts our focus from the distress and reduces the impact of the negative emotions for a while. Two, 
Self-soothing. Self-soothing in any form can reduce tox- the toxic affairs, sorry, toxic effects of anger, sadness, and agony that that negative experiences bring. And isn't that great? Because, like, let's be honest, we all know, like, the amount of cortisol and adrenaline stuff we get when we're angry and feeling rage and, like, just overwhelmed, right? The real negative stuff, like, is not good for our bodies. Scientists believe that self-soothing as opposed to self-confrontation guarantees better and quicker answers when it comes to managing thoughts and emotions. Let's be honest, self-soothing sounds so much nicer to ourselves than self-confrontation, doesn't it? We can practice several variations of self-soothing exercises, including self-compassion and loving-kindness meditation, musical meditation, where we set aside some minutes to listen to music and unwind ourselves with the relaxing sound. Now that's whatever sound of music is relaxing for you. It doesn't have to be the sound as everyone else. If the idea of lying down and relaxing and bre- just breathing while you're listening to whale song sounds really not good, <laughs> you don't have to do that. Choose whatever sort of music you find relaxing. Reminiscence therapy, which works great for resolving emotional conflicts involving other people. The practice involves merely sitting and trying to recollect all the good memories we have we have once had with the person we are now struggling with. So you're not allowed to think about the bad stuff. You just have to try and remind yourself and remember the good times and the good things. Breathing exercises is the next one, including breath control, breathing counting, and simple breath relaxation. So there's so many different types of breathing regulation that you can do, breathing exercises. Um, I have done quite a few at different times on Fighting Stigma Show, but your best bet is to look on the internet and find different ones. Um, my fallback is always box breathing, where I breathe in for a four count, hold for a four count, breathe out for a four count, and then hold for a four count. It's really, I just find when <laughs> when my emotions are too much, that works the best for me. And also just simple self-care, such as a hot bath, a relaxing massage, or cooking for yourself can make a really big difference. And the very last one we're going to talk about is attentional control. So attentional, so it's like attention, attentional control starts with reappraisal. It aims to divert our attention away from the negative emotion and allows us to look at it from a rewarding perspective. For example, we can overpower the irresistible anger and shame that follows an insult or abuse from someone by thinking of it as a lesson that taught you to avoid building connections with rude people. By focusing more on what you've learnt from the conflict, you not only save yourself from the severe stress and agony, but you also gain a perspective on how you can avoid such interpersonal disputes later. As a result, you are successful in modulating your responses to the negative encounter and restoring your mental peace together. And now I know that's a really, really good one, but very hard to do sometimes, especially when you're in the middle of a really upsetting interaction with someone. Uh, but I'm sure we've all had that thing of, well, I've learnt from this, and what I've learnt is to never, ever do this again. <laughs> because actually sometimes that is the lesson we need. We need to learn not to have that conversation, not to talk to that person, not to bring that subject up. But sometimes what we need is someone to talk to, someone who understands, someone who doesn't upset us, someone who just listens and is there and we can connect with. So what I'm going to do now is give you a series of support lines. I do this at the end of every single show of Fighting Stigma. So if you miss any of these, feel free to come back and listen to us next week and you'll be able to grab them again. But here they are. So the first support line that I want to give you is 1737. Now, that's pretty much what it's called. So need to talk? 
1737. It's a free call or text service and it's available 24 7, um, so 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you'll get to talk or text with a trained counsellor and this service is completely free. So if you're feeling anxious or um, run down, depressed, needing to talk to someone, give them a call or give them a text 1737. The next number I want to give you is the Crisis Assessment Team, or CAT Team, and their number is 0800 50 50 50. So that's assistance for people who are in crisis in the Waikato DHB region. So they're a crisis assessment team, they're part of the community mental health, um, so they are kind of like right up there with when things are going really, really wrong, it's very urgent care is needed um, around mental health. So that number again is 0800 50 50 50. The next number I want to give you is Lifeline. So Lifeline is an amazing service. It's a 24-hour telephone support service available for anyone needing emotional support. So 24-7, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Now their number is 0800-543-354. And they have trained counsellors and just amazing people that you can have a talk to no matter what time of day it is. The next number I want to give you is the Depression Helpline. Now the Depression Helpline is related to depression.org.nz. Um, you may have seen some of their ads around like the, um, with John Kewan. They have a whole lot of videos on the online service, but this is the phone line service. So Depression Helpline 0800 111 757. Now, they're there, they're, if you just have someone, you need someone safe to talk to, they're available from 8 a.m. in the morning to midnight. And they're a really great service, just someone calm and like gentle to talk to about whatever's going on for you. Now, the next number I've got for you is not a mental health support line. It's actually the health line. So it's health information service for all the family, and it's staffed by registered nurses who will give information and advice. I have used this line. It's for general health, medical, um, medical health, physical health, and it's really amazing because sometimes when things are going wrong with your body, you don't know what's happening. You're not sure if we need to go the ambulance route or you need to go to the hospital. They're trained nurses, so they will actually ask you a bunch of questions. You can answer them, and they'll let you know what you need to do, and it's a huge relief. So the Healthline number is 0800 611 116, and that's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The next number I want to give you is the Suicide Prevention Helpline. Now, this is support, information and resources to people who are at risk of suicide and or the family of family or whanau and friends supporting them. Now, it's available from midday to midnight and their number is 0508 Tautoko, which is 0508 828 865. Now, the next number I want to give you is the Shine Confidential Helpline. And the Shine Confidential Helpline specialises in domestic violence to help keep people safe from abuse. So their number is 0508744633. And the last number that I want to give you is I want to give you the outline. Now this is a gay and lesbian outline New Zealand. So it's support for people, um, gay and lesbian people, people um, who want to have someone to talk to about whatever's going on around that because quite often we need a bit of extra support and when you're not getting that support that can definitely lead to mental health stuff. So this is a really great line. Um, so the outline, the number is 0800 688 5463.
So hopefully today gave you a few ideas of things that you could try out for if you're finding your emotions are feeling dysregulated, like you're feeling a little bit out of control with your emotions, and it's, or even just giving you some ideas of where to go to start looking for some different ideas. But that's all we have time for today. So from us all here, take care. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.